You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Episode 211 of the Black Eagles Podcast, and I am your host. That's right, Sinan Schwarting, back once again to talk Besiktas, because why not, right? Still right in the swing of things, as far as this season goes. And so obviously, we're here to talk about our 20th match of the season against none other than Rize Sport. Rize is a side that has struggled, of course, for much of the season. Though, um, as I mentioned at the end of last episode, they're, they're sort of on the rise, you know, in theory. They're starting to get results coming into this match. They were really struggling at the bottom of the relegation zone for much of the season, and they've sort of scrambled their way back into competing for a, perhaps a way out. Um, but so for, yeah, for Rizes, for just a recap, if you will, we can talk about their last five results. It starts uh, in, I guess, let's, let's go back to the cup where they had a surprise exit against Ankara Spor, followed it up <clears throat> by losing to Fener in Istanbul. Uh, but then they hosted Gostepe 1-3-1. Uh, hosted Yeni Malatya 1-1 to nil. Um, fought off Sivas on the road 1-1. to You know, so uh, three matches in a row undefeated. And then they lost at home to Gaziantep, which is obviously a, a negative swing for them there. Operation is in effect as of right now. Um, but so, you know, still, for a team that was really struggling <clears throat> for much of the season, they seem to have found their footing to some degree, uh, at least vis-a-vis results. Um, I guess let's just dive in, right? Let's talk about the lineups. Let's just dive all the way in, if you will. I guess no. What I, one thing I can do is our little head-to-head. Um, we've got only 19 uh, matches against them in my app's history. But we've won 13 of those matches, drawn five, and only lost once. So um, this is a comp- this is a, this is a competition that has completely swung our way, as far as uh, you know these two teams, Besiktas and Rizespor, <coughs> in recent history. But as as we all know, this is football; anything can happen, uh, and this season, especially with the Turkish Super League. Chaos is in full control of, of the steering wheel at this point. Uh, but so yeah, let's let's dive in. Lineups. First of all, for Besiktas, Ersin Destanolu. Now it's worth noting we had seven players out with COVID and five injured. If you want a list, um, Hasic injured, Nkudu injured, Mert Gunot injured. Um, 
Rashid Gazelle is actually suspended, but also he's out with COVID. So I only, I'm only getting three injuries here, but perhaps there are more. So, so Rashid Gazelle suspended, but with COVID. Sali Uchan, COVID. Ozan, COVID. Pjanic, COVID. Mehmet Topal, COVID. Kenan Karaman, COVID. Kyle Lahren, COVID. John Bozduan, COVID. Okay, so I've got here eight guys with COVID now. Um, as for Rizespor, Loic Remy is out with COVID. Yannick Bolasi is out for a few days for personal reasons, whatever that means. Um, but he was listed in the injured group as well. So for Besiktas, eight guys out with COVID, three guys officially listed as injured. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that. I had it at seven and five initially. I don't know where that was off or whatever, but you get the point. Um, what this means is that Besiktas was going to have to do things differently. There are no wingers available to this team, uh, with the exception of Gokan Ture, who's kind of back from injury, though, so you probably wouldn't want to start him and um, risk re-injuring him like that. Guven Yalchin, sort of a winger, not not really a winger to begin with. Beyond that, a couple left backs, right? Perhaps you could convert one to winger. There's uh, um, Emirhan Ilkan, who of course debuted in our last match. We talked about him a bit in the last episode. He played on the wing, although he's actually a central midfielder by trade. So, uh, you know, gonna be weird for sure and sure, sure enough it was we played a 3-4-2-1 or a 3-5-2 depending on how you viewed it on the back line Montero Vida and Wellington in front of Ericsson in our midfield Joseph de Souza and Nejip Uysal I, I guess let's say with Emirhan Ilkan three central central midfielders with Emirhan kind of more an attacking midfielder role Valentin Rosier as the right wing back, Merash as the left wing back. Uh, and then up front, Guven Yalchin, alongside Lishi Batshuayi. Uh, worth noting, our manager, Under Caravelli, was uh, also out with COVID. In charge would be Halim Okta, who I believe has been in charge of our under-19s or something since Under Caravelli got the call up. Um, but so yeah, quite a uh, interesting situation there. Um, additionally, I feel like I didn't mention Alex Teixeira in my list of guys with COVID. And he's definitely a guy who has COVID, so that's where he was. So yeah, was uh, interesting to say the least. Um, meanwhile, for Rizespor, 27-year-old Turkish goalkeeper Gokan Akan started for them uh, behind Selim Ay, 30-year-old Turk, and of course, Sebastian Holman, 29-year-old Swede. Uh, Jamali Sertel, 22-year-old left wing, left back, played opposite Gokan Gonu, 37-year-old right back. In the center of their midfield would be, um, what was his name? Bayano, uh, forgetting his name suddenly. He goes by his first name. Was it Fernando? 
Fabrizio, that's what it was. Fabrizio Bayano. Um, next to Damian Djokovic, Croatian, 31 year old. And of course, Fernando Boldrin, um, uh, kind of up in front of them. On their wings, Aminu Umar, 26 year old Nigerian. Next to, uh, opposite rather, Tyler Boyd, 27 year old American, who many of us will recognize. And then, of course, up top, Joel or Joel Poyan Palo, 27 year old Finnish striker, who I, uh, I kind of made note of in my group chat, like right before the match. I said, we better watch out for that Finnish striker. And that would be foreshadowing, if you will. Um, meanwhile, let's dive all the way in, shall we? So, first minute of the match, um, Emirhan gets the ball in the box in the air, heads it out, drops to Batshuayi, who sends it in on a volley very nicely. Uh, saved, however, by Gokhan Akan, and saved well. But so, yeah, Mishi Batshuayi with his sort of uh, weekly early chance that doesn't quite work out somehow. On eighth minute, Nejip sends in a cross, finds Emirhan, the kid, who heads it onto the post, the crossbar. Uh, and again, close to that first goal. Twelfth uh, minute, Batshuayi finds Guven Yalchin nicely with a sort of slick pass from the wing. Uh, Guven Yalchin then sends it forward perfectly for a little one-two. Back to Batshuayi, who sends in a shot, oh, and it's saved again by Gokanakan, and well, for that matter. Uh, and twice, um, Kokanakan has two good saves against Batshuayi now. So for all the criticism that Batshuayi is likely to get for this match, uh, it's worth noting that he could have had two goals against a lesser keeper right there. Uh, 17th minute, Gokan Gunul gets himself a yellow card. Interestingly. Come back to that later. Uh, and then in the 23rd minute, handball. Um, I think it was Fabricio or Fernando Boldrin. I think it was Fabricio who touches it with his hand. Um, kind of in an unnatural position or enough so that it's called. Batshuayi steps up, sends it hard to the left. Keeper goes the right way, Gokanakan. Almost preventing Batshuayi again from scoring. However, uh, not enough, because th this time the shot was too well placed. Uh, Batshuayi with his seventh goal of the season, and Besiktas is up one to nil. How about that, folks, huh? And things would look good for the rest of that first half, too. 31st minute, Emirhan finds uh, Batshuayi. Uh, nicely, um, and Batshuayi volleys it, kind of zings it with the outside of his foot, sends it just wide. This poor guy seems so close, so often. Uh, and finally in the 32nd minute, Rize has a chance, their only chance of the first half, of, of note anyhow. Poyan Pablo sends in a shot, low to the right, sending Erson down, diving for one-handed save. Keeping us ahead, and you like to see it. Looking like we're gonna get another good match out of him. <clears throat> Stick a feather in that one too. And that would be it for the first half, as far as notable highlights. Second half, uh, Selim I sends the ball sort of um, 
haphazardly forward. Emirhan cuts it out, finds Bachuai perfectly, and Bachuai, pretty much one-on-one, -on -one, skies it mysteriously. This time, his worst effort of the match. Uh, he finally has to, has like an easy out against Gokanakan, and he flubs it. Whatever, it is what it is. Domingos Vida gets a yellow card in the 55th minute on this play. Uh, or on a play, rather, that sets up a free kick. Not on this play, but on the play that sets up this play. Um, and on the free kick, it gets sent forward, uh, up in the air, and drops into right in front of the goal, where Joel Poyan Palo quite clearly shoves Joseph de Souza, who falls into both Nejip, Domingos Vida, and Ersin, who's come out of the goal to try to punch it out knocking them all over uh, and having the ball just calmly fall right to Joel Poyanpalo, who's in a ton of space, naturally, because he created that space by shoving our player into the rest of our players back there. And it's an easy goal for him. It's not even reviewed mysteriously. Uh, and we're level. Again, terrible refereeing. What can you do? Apparently not much. But just four minutes later, in the 59th minute, Gouven, advancing the ball up the right side, gets behind the defense, sends it back in towards the box to Emirhan Irkan, who slams it perfectly into the top of the net. I mean, in a just lovely finish. His first goal in a competitive match. And a, a beauty of a goal to match, uh, you gotta say. And so Emirhan, lifts our spirits right up uh, in a match which we've clearly deserved to be ahead of as far as chances you know i'm uh, i mentioned that the highlights they're all going our way except for basically their goal and then the save at the end of the first half um but so yeah we're we're, we're back up on the road one to two 62nd minute guven yalchin gets the ball nice pass i think it was from batsman batshuay uh, and then he does the rest himself. He he cuts it back, losing his defender. I believe it was Selim Ai. Uh, and so it's him one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper and not enough. Poor shot, weak, easy to save for Gokanakan, who's bailed out. Uh, and we're still just ahead by a goal. And of course, it would come back to hurt us as in the 67th minute, and again on a set piece, this time a corner. The ball comes in. Maybe it was a free kick. Whatever, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I guess right before this, we have subs. Alper Potuk comes in for Aminu Umar. Uh, this is right after our second goal. Uh, Brian Dabo on for Tyler Boyd. Eric Sabo on for Damian Djokovic. Serdar Sachi on for Domagoj Vida, who's out with a sort of look like a concussion from having his head slammed into the ground vis-a-vis -vis Joseph being shoved into him by Poyan Paolo on their goal as if you needed an uh, injury to insult there but yeah sure enough 68th minute um, on it was a free kick because it was from behind uh, finds Poyan Paolo again um, this time Poyan Paolo gets a foot onto it saved by Ersin, but sort of saved poorly. He knocks it right back into the path of Poyan Palu, who's already on the ground. 
sort of swings, hooks his foot around onto it into the back of the net. Easy sort of dinker goal. Um, worth noting for anyone who's paying attention to this sort of thing that number 22 who just entered the match, Emirhan Topcu, was offside on the, the free kick. Uh, and offside enough, maybe it was a corner kick, man, I don't remember, whatever. Anyway, uh, he was offside enough that you know it would have been called against us because he would have been like interfering with play or, or he would have fooled our defenders into thinking he was the center of, of action. But somehow it's not noted um, against us as, as these things tend to be. And uh, yeah, another goal, two to two. Poyan Palo, uh, this time another sort of mistake by Erson, although at least it's not as notable of a mistake as the first one where he comes out when he shouldn't have. Although to be fair, on review again, Joseph being shoved into them all didn't help. If you hear my cats getting around and fighting here, uh, my apologies, couldn't stop them there. But anyhow, um, moving things along, not a lot of action after that goal. Uh, substitutions, yellow cards, 78th minute, Montero gets himself a yellow card, uh, and Fabricio gets himself one as well. Uh, 82nd minute, a sub, Gokan Tore enters the match for Guben Yelchins, who has, I think, definitely fallen off. 84th minute, Denis Pumet comes in for Fabricio. 86th minute, Gokhan Gonul with a sloppy tackle injures Umut Merash, clearly just cutting his foot out, both kicking both of his feet, twisting his ankle in the process. Looked pretty bad. He, he needed crutches to leave the uh, stadium afterwards. Um, on top of that, so Montero goes to pick up the ball to sort of progress play as best he can. Um, Gokhan Gono sort of snatches at it. Montero sort of lightly pushes him. And then Sabo, their dude. Who, who, is, who is Sabo? Who has that nickname for them? I still don't know. It's this guy, Eric Sabo, 30-year-old Slovakian who had been subbed on, he comes in, and he, like right after the Gokhan Gonul in Montero sort of light interaction, Sabo comes charging in, sort of shoves Montero really hard, and, and like riling him up incredibly. Uh, and then additionally Fabricio, oh no, uh, Baldrin comes in and shoves him as well. Um, I mean, there's all, all kinds of a tussle in, in this sort of in exchange. Montero gets his second yellow card for it. Gokhan Gonul as well, obviously. Although it could have been a straight red, honestly. Like, if we're going to be 100% honest. Um, Aminu Umar gets a yellow for the argument. Uh, Fernando Baldrin gets a yellow card as well at the end. Nothing for Saibo at all. Uh, Montero's out. So he'll be out for the next match as well. Uh, worth noting, he... You know, he's been playing really well for us, so that's unfortunate. Um, Joseph gets really mad at him for getting himself carted out of the match. Uh, then Rosier comes out to defend Montero because I think he saw not only that Gokhan, Gokhan Gonul basically started it, but then also that Sabo came charging in and really 
sort of exasperated the situation. Exacerbated, rather. Um, and so, uh, Valentine Ozier kind of defends Montero, and Joseph gets mad at him too. So, I mean, at the end, everyone smiled and took pictures together, and, and it's all water under the bridge, obviously, the heat of the moment stuff. Still, though, terrible. For, especially for it to be Gokhan Gonu, a guy who I, I've always respected as a player, a former player of ours, especially. Anyway, 89th minute, Lidvan Yilmaz comes on for Umut Medash, who's injured, as I said. Emir Han Topjuk enters for Joel Koyan Palo. Huh. Emir Han Topjuk is the guy who I thought was offside for their goal. Apparently, it was not number 22, or. Somebody else has that number. I wonder who it was that was offsides on their goal. Hmm. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. Anyway, end of the day, uh, we, the game ends with a draw. Um, quite disappointingly, and, and mostly just because, I mean, obviously, this is a, a poor team who you want to get three points again, against, we're Besiktas, et cetera, et cetera, but Frankly, it's a game I think everyone will feel that we deserve points from. We didn't dominate possession. They actually had most of it, 52% to 48. I mean, it was pretty close. But that's also because they're behind much of this match trying to come back. Uh, but despite that, with our sort of weird 5-3-2 or 3-5-2 formation, um, we had a ton of chances. And we were dominant. Like, we really deserved to win this match. It's not even questionable. And I think, you know, I saw a lot of people questioning the tactics, the coaching, which, to be fair, like, even Undir Caravelli was out with, with COVID, not to mention eight guys, nine guys. Um, but, yeah, we had 22 shots. They only had 10. Um, 17 chances created. They had seven. We had six big chances created to their three. So they had three big chances, two goals. We had six big chances and two goals. Which says everything about the sort of impotence in attack, which clearly was our big problem. Mishi Bachurai would probably say himself that he, I think he very clearly should have done better. Um, they completed 281 passes to our 251 at a 75% rate to our only 72% rate. So a very poor day of passing, but again, new tactics lots of guys out uh you know no no surprises there what i think is surprising is how honestly dominant we were and how much we i think very clearly deserve to win this match now individual performances the top performer joel poyan palo naturally two goals scored second best performer emirhan ilkan which shouldn't surprise anyone a goal scored and fantastic match he's my man of the match i'll just say that outright um, next up, Mishi Bachuai, who everyone will criticize, but I mean, he did a lot of intangible things, and if we win this match, and he has the goal, right, the penalty, <clears throat> I think a lot of people say, oh, he, he contributes those intangibles, but because we're not getting the results, because we're not scoring goals, which isn't a big part of him, right? He's got to take the blame for that. I mean, that's why I'm sort of ambivalent. He does a lot of things well, but the one thing he doesn't do well is the one thing he's supposed to do. But whatever. Um, Guven Yalchin was the next up. Then Gokana Khan, not a surprise anyone probably. Fernando Boldrin, Jamali Sertel. 
Wellington, and then Fabricio Baiano is the last two above seven. He's at exactly seven. Joseph Dussos is 6.99. Nejib 6.95. So just under the line there, but let's talk about Emirhan's stats, shall we? 90 minutes played, a goal, four shots, two off-target, 16 accurate passes at a 70% rate, which in and of itself is not great, but he tried seven crosses completing two of them, so that, you know, adds to the sort of lack of accuracy on his passes. Three long balls, none of them accurate, so whatever. But he did have four key passes in addition to his goal. Um, five recoveries, you know, he was active. He had 48 touches. Could have been more in theory, but I think given again that um, we were How do you describe this match? We, we, we didn't hold the ball a ton, um, although we were quite aggressive in attack and, and very, like, I, I don't know if we were playing on the counter necessarily, but I mean, I, I'll be honest, I thought we looked good. I think the fact that we ch created so many chances underlies that fact, and really, a few of those chances go in, and we're praising the tactic, uh, and there are so many chances that could have gone in, I don't, you know, it's a shame. Quickly, I'll go over Bachuay's stats. He did have a goal, which contributes, but 10 shots. 10 shots. Three off target, four on target, three blocked. 16 accurate passes at a 64% rate, which isn't great, but it did create a chance. Um, his passes, two accurate long balls, two of two. Um, so, you know, his passes were just in dangerous positions and didn't quite come off, but he had 56 touches which is worth noting, and six recoveries, no less. So um, he was active and involved and present and giving it his all. That's one thing one could never criticize, is him not giving it his all. He's clearly out there trying to score as best he can and just, you know, not quite pulling it off, if we're going to be 100% honest about it. But, yeah, it is what it is. Um, my man of the match, clearly, Emir Han Ilkan, whose debut, compared, not competitively, but in the Super League, couldn't have been much better. I mean, I guess it could have. He could have scored another one, perhaps. Sealed the win, but which is what he said. So he said the right things, too, in addition to having a great Super League debut. So anyway, that is what it is. That's our episode as far as, or sorry, that is our talk of this match. And I'll leave it at that. Now, next up, we're hosting Gaziantep. Gaziantep is a side that's uh, actually in very good form. They are undefeated in their last six matches. They beat Fener on December 13th, drew Kayseri on the road, beat Alanya at home, beat Rize on the road, I mentioned that earlier, drew Bursa in the cup, and then beat Fatih Karagumruk at home just this last match day on Saturday. So they're in actually really good form, despite not being, you know, particularly well placed, or I shouldn't say that. They're actually in sixth place, which is ahead of us at the moment. And that's a good segue, perhaps, to um, the standings, which I should go into, I suppose. Um, Fener and Adana Demirspor will play tomorrow. They have not played yet, so that's to be determined. But in first place, Trabzon with 49 points. Second place, Konya with 39 points. They gained points on them this week. Third place, Bashakshi here with 34 points. 
five points behind Konya now. Fourth place, Fener, with 32 points. They could have 35 if they beat Adana Demir tomorrow. Or later today, perhaps, by now. Um, and if that, if that does occur, then Fener will go up into third place. It doesn't amount to much, honestly, although they will be just four points behind Konya. Um, in fifth place is Hatai with 32 points. In sixth, I mentioned Gaziantep, 31. Seventh, Adana Demirspor with 30 points. Should they beat Fener, they could have 33 points and they'll move up into fourth. They'll surpass Fener if that is to occur. Um, if those two sides draw, Fener will stay in fourth. Uh, Adana Demir will actually probably stay in seventh. Oh no, they'll, they'll move from the 6th over Gaziantep on goal differential. Uh, I don't know about their head-to-head. 8th place, Sivaspor with 29 points. Tied with us on 29 points. We have 29. Alanya has 29. And then below us, three teams have 27 points. Kaiseri, Fatih Karagumruk, and Galatasaray. We're in 12th, so I guess that's the uh, things could always be worse side. We're two points ahead of Galatasaray, at least, who lost this week to Giresunspor, which uh, yeah, not particularly impressive stuff from them, obviously. But so yeah, we will of course be back to talk about the match against Gaziantep. It's on Friday, January 14th, um, noon here in New York City. So check your local listings. It's a little bit later than this last match, an hour later to be specific. Uh, but yeah, so with that said, we're, we're out. We're done. We got nothing more to say here, uh, except I hope we'll have more players available to us. Um, and I hope that everyone recovers from COVID just fine, uh, especially Undeh Caravelli, right, who is a little bit older. Um, and besides that, follow us on Twitter, right, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow us on Instagram. Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And of course, let's go, Besiktas! Peace out, everyone. We can do this still. I mean, do what? I'm not sure, but surely we can do something. Right? Um, 20 points behind Trevlin. Let's give it the old college track. Um, we are 10 points behind Tomasaur. We are in second place now. Uh, that said, we're only five points out of third place. Bashakshi here. Um, let's not count on that, I suppose. With that said, we've got to keep that again. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.